I would never have sent in that curriculum vitae if I had known that Dr. McLean was going to read the whole thing. <laughs> Dear Dr. McLean, Dr. Kelly, Mr. Daly, members of the Board of Governors and Regents, college chaplains, Father Buckley, Father Rafferty, Father Hildebrand, students, and especially members of the Thomas Aquinas class of 2015. It is truly a pleasure for me to be here for Mass and now for this matriculation ceremony. As I mentioned in the homily, I am very conscious of the fact that the college this year is celebrating its 40th year of existence and so it is a special honor for me to be here on this occasion. Speaking of the years which gave birth to institutions like the college, our Holy Father, Pope Benedict XVI wrote, and he does write about and speaks of and refers to those very same years, not infrequently in his talks, addresses, and documents. He wrote, I am speaking from experience. Since I too lived through that period, with all its hopes and confusion. Hopes and confusion. This phrase sums up well the spirit which permeated those years, at least for those whose hearts beat with the heart of the church. Thomas Aquinas College, founded in 1971, received its first class 40 years ago with 33 students, and a closed-down seminary as its first site. It was only a few years before that educational facilities in this country and abroad exploded with demonstrations, student strikes, violence, and protests, even daily ones, against everything imaginable. In Europe, this phenomenon became known as the spirit of 68. 1968. And in this country, it was frequently played out against the background of the conflict in Vietnam. One such event stands out especially in my mind. Just in 1970, the year before the college was founded, in the late spring semester, many of our nation's institutions of higher learning, and even Catholic ones, were disrupted as a result of what happened on May 4th at Kent State in Ohio, where nine students were killed by National Guardsmen during a demonstration which unfortunately turned violent, a demonstration which was the culmination of several days of protest and demonstration. As a result of this terrible loss of life, University campuses all over the United States were united in the announcement of and observance of a day of protest, with classes being canceled and various programs and lectures taking their place. Four million college students and over 900 colleges and universities took part in that day. I was a sophomore at the college seminary on the East Coast whose enrollment at that time was roughly the same as this college's is presently. Student leaders, student representatives declared a strike for that day. All classes were canceled. And as seen by this, 
It was also the fact that the church in those years was undergoing her own disturbances and unrest. Already liturgical celebrations not faithful to the changes authorized by the Holy See, inaugurated under the heading of creativity, which in fact was arbitrary, resulted in what our Holy Father has called deformations of the liturgy. Many priests and religious felt themselves free of their obligations and just abandoned their calling. Authorized and authentic renewal gave way to adherence to the so-called spirit of the Vatican Council, which truly went far beyond what most of the Council of Fathers understood to be that spirit. Papal teaching, whether concerning religious or marital life, was contested, and bitterly so. In light of all this, and to no one's surprise, seminaries and religious houses were quickly emptying Seminarians, seminaries like that one which first hosted the college. Down in Orange County, a junior seminary in Novitiate, St. Michael's, which had been founded in August of 1961, exactly 10 years before the college, that seminary likewise emptied. And its founding superior, Father Ladislaus Parker, was faced with the situation which was dire, to say the least. Formulating a response with his six fellow exile confreres, summed up in his own heavily accented English, his Hungarian accented English, proclaiming that, quote, the Norbertines of St. Michael's would hold on to all that was good in the old and would not reject whatever was good in the new. And with that, the situation began to turn around. And this explains in part why Father Parker who was St. Michael's equivalent of Dr. MacArthur, was so interested in and supportive of the college. From that time until today, St. Michael's and Thomas Aquinas College have pursued, we can say, parallel tracks, have followed paths which more frequently than not have intersected and even coincided, always with the same common good in sight. And it is for this reason that the college some years ago honored our founding abbot, Abbot Parker, an honor he truly valued and appreciated as personal, yes, but more importantly for him, as something for his community, an award for which his confreres still are grateful today. Additionally, in recent years, that relationship continues and grows in what we can say mutually beneficial ways. Annually, students from the Abbey's Prep School visit the college, and with a number over the years choosing to enroll. Likewise, each year, a number of students of the college visit the Abbey, and upon graduation, some have entered the Abbey's formation program. Several alumni are currently in that program. Likewise, each year, some students visit our sister's community in Tehachapi, the Bethlehem Priory. Some alumni have entered there also, one of whom made her solemn profession, along with eight other sisters, on January 29th, as their young community was officially recognized by the Vatican, by the Norbertine Order, and welcomed warmly into the Diocese of Fresno. More recently, one of our confreres, who was an alumnus of the college, 
again participated in the college's summer program for high school students. And one of your best tutors is also a result of the formation program at St. Michael's Abbey. I was particularly happy, especially happy, a few months ago when, with the consent of the Council of Confreres, who advises me, that I could assign one of our priests, Father Hildebrand Garceau, as chaplain here at the college. Father Hildebrand will complete his current assignment as the pastor of St. John the Baptist in Costa Mesa, a position that he's held for a full six-year term. That assignment will only end in the middle of October because the pastor, the new pastor coming in, is on business for the order from the end of September until the middle of the month. And so he takes up his assignment then in mid-October. And so once again, there will be a Norbertine chaplain here on campus, as there has been in recent years. Providentially, Father Hildebrand is an alumnus of the college, the class of 78. And his assignment here represents <coughs> What we can say is the completion of a circle of sorts, an historical first. Now, lest you think I'm here to make publicity for St. Michael's Abbey, let me assure you, that's not all I'm doing. <laughs> I was asked to speak for five to ten minutes, and I think I have three more minutes left. But I wasn't given an indication of a topic to address. But considering the heart of this matriculation ceremony, I thought especially that the 102 freshmen who lack the historical perspective that I have, uh, some of us older people up here have, suffice it is to say that in the age which the Holy Father has characterized as one of hopes and confusion, looking back and looking around, we can say some hopes were realized, and some hopes have been realized dramatically so. The members of the class of 2015 should always feel blessed to enjoy one such hope realized, which is Thomas Aquinas College. They should also be grateful that while this age in which they live and study and will live has lots of confusion and much worse, it still is a time of great hope for the church. And those hopes, to no small degree, are rooted in the providence which brought to the chair of Peter I, Blessed John Paul II, and now Pope Benedict XVI. With Pope Benedict's own experiences as a theologian and university professor, he has more than just a historical perspective. He speaks with authority. He speaks insightfully, especially to all those involved in the noble endeavor of higher learning of Catholic institutions. Just last Thursday, during his apostolic journey to Spain on the occasion of the World Youth Day, he met with young university professors from all over Spain, from Catholic institutions of higher learning. And during his remarks, he criticized the prevalent contemporary approach of higher learning, an approach which is focused on utility and pure pragmatism. He said, these are things that lead to abuses seen in a science that acknowledges no limits beyond itself and a political totalitarianism which easily arises 
when one eliminates any higher reference than mere, the mere calculus of power. Speaking to and with those young professors, he said, we realize that we are a link in that chain of men and women committed to teaching the faith and making it credible to human reason. And we do this not simply by teaching, but by the way we live our faith and embody it, just as the word took flesh and dwelt among us. Members of the class of 2015, you are truly blessed to be now enrolled in an institution with teachers, with tutors, just as the Holy Father describes. Teachers convinced of our human capacity to advance along the path of truth. Never take this for granted and pray that it may always be so. Thank you.